Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. Right now, it's time for another episode of Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. I am Ben Lindsay, as always, and with me is Buzz. How are you doing tonight, Buzz? I'm doing very well this evening, Prancer. How are you? <laughs> Splendid. Should we have a cup of tea? Indeed. Actually, I was thinking we could have a nice cup of Death Wish coffee that we both just happen to be pouring on opposite ends of the world. <laughs> well, not quite opposite ends of the world, but opposite yeah, ends of the world Mississippi me. River. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm uh, quite enjoying my extra dose of caffeine. Should be should be illegal, but it's not, and that's a good thing. Yeah, agreed, because uh, I am... All four things not being illegal, but uh, that is neither here nor there. We come to you tonight to speak about punk music, and if you remember from last week where we talked about the Ramones, tonight we are doing Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, released on the 28th of October, 1977, coming in at a whopping 38 minutes and 44 seconds. The personnel on this album are Johnny Rotten on lead vocals, Steve Jones, the only guy who... (laughs) uses his god-given name. Real name yeah well i guess glenn matlock too anyway but guitars bass guitars on almost every track and backing vocals sid vicious the poster child if there is such a thing for this album um uh, bass guitar. and worst bass place worst bass player fucking ever yeah god yeah uh uh Recorded bass guitar on Bodies, Glenn Matlock, who was the original bassist for the band, recorded the bass guitar on Anarchy in the UK, Paul Cook on drums, and yeah. Let's just start off there, dude. I was planning on getting into it earlier, but let's just start off with the Sid Vicious thing. Uh, okay. Just as somebody who played bass, and I don't consider myself to be a great or necessarily even a good bass player, but holy fuck, how can you be so bad <laughs> at playing bass on this fucking album that they had to get two other people to do all the bass tracks? Drugs. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah drugs. That's all you got to say, man. The fact that he was a pretty enough dude in his black leather pants and leather jacket without a shirt that girls were coming to their concerts. They're like, yeah, we're going to keep him. So last week I talked about, I think I I was was saying that this one was going to be the most iconic band as far as looks go. I I attribute that a lot because of Sid Vicious, because nine times out of ten, someone thinks Sex Pistols. They don't think Johnny Rotten. They don't think anyone else in the band. They think this dude up in a leather jacket and a padlock chain necklace with weird hair spitting on the audience. That's what they think. I probably think of Johnny Rotten. Uh, I, I do agree with you, but I, I think of Johnny Rotten a little bit more, if for no other reason than the Young Ones TV show. Because Vivian, uh, was it Vivian? I don't remember. There's there's four guys in the characters, and I don't remember the punk character on that show reminded me more of Johnny Rotten than he did of Sid Vicious. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, of course, I was just speaking to the aesthetic more than... No, yes. Now, that punk aesthetic, because they had much more severe haircuts than anybody in the uh, Ramones did, um, were dirtier and... For, what we would say today is more street, quote unquote, than what the Ramones were. Indeed, so, indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, that actually, uh, we'll get to the album in a minute, guys, I swear, um, actually led to some uh, tension. Um, I, Me and Buzz found on Dangerous Minds a 
little article, the Ramones versus the Sex Pistols, these guys ripped us off. Uh, let me see if I can find who wrote that real quick to give them credit. Uh, Richard Metzger. And, you know, talking about how when the Ramones were in the studio recording their third album, Rocket to Russia, that Johnny Ramone came into the uh, studio all pissed off because the Sex Pistols had, quote, stole their sound on Anarchy in the UK. I don't know how they did that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, and the, the article goes on to detail some other stuff. And I do think that they may have a point in that the Sex Pistols were so anarchic and, you know, with the violence at their clubs and the drugs and everything else that the media could kind of latch on to that. And that might have hurt the Ramones' ability to break into the mainstream because of their association with this dangerous subculture of punk kids doing punk things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I definitely think that, and going back to last week, we discussed how I mentioned pop punk at one point, how it's kind of clean as opposed to other punk. Um, I think had the Sex Pistols not ever been a thing or had not gotten as popular as they did, I really feel like the Ramones would have set the aesthetic for how punk would have gone. But because the Sex Pistols showed up and did everything that the Ramones were trying to do, but I, I dare say, I don't, I don't mean this verbatim, but better. If that's, if people can understand that uh, more aggressively, certainly um, that's yeah. why I think they kind of have that, that place as, yeah, you might've been the first band, but we were the first band to do this. Yeah. Cause I, I would have to say that I think everybody in the Ramones is a better musician than the people in the sex. Oh Pistols. God. Yes. Yes. Um, but the sex pistols, are closer to what I think of when I think of punk than the Ramones are. Definitely. Uh, and, and you see it everywhere. Going back to the aesthetic thing. I mean, you, you see some kid wearing a leather jacket and Liberty spikes and a nose ring. There you go. Uh, Ramones yeah. didn't do it. You know, sex pistols did. There you totally. go. All right. So now that we've talked about that and kind of got that out of the way, uh, what were your first impressions of this album? So, as with everything that I'm probably going to be talking about on this podcast, I want to preface it first by saying that, like with the Ramones, this is not my favorite punk band. Um, this is not my favorite punk album. And I do think this is a very overplayed album, but for a very good reason. Um, with that out of the way, I generally kind of like this album. Um, I know a lot of people see it as, oh, you're just, I, I could use the word poser. Um, because every kid that first gets into punk, these are the Ramones and the and the Sex Pistols are honestly probably the first two they're going to listen to, unless it's you know something like I don't know Flag and Molly or Dropkick later on. But um, so as an album, I really actually like this album. I feel like they had a lot more to say. Um, I feel I like too. the lyrics are a lot more sharper on the tongue. Um, I actually think that it's more when it comes to the political side of things in punk, they took a very apolitical side to thing. And instead of talking about um, taking one specific position, it's like, you know what? This sucks. Here's why we think it does. And without preaching to you so much is how I, I, I kind of got a lot of this because a lot of bands can be preachy and that can get annoying too. I do agree that certain bands can be preachy and I don't necessarily think that they are, but, uh, I mean, I will say that, and maybe they didn't under, I don't, okay, 
I'm fumbling around, so let me be very clear in what I'm saying. Anarchy in the UK, I am an anarchist and I am an antichrist. He is definitely staking out a position. Right. And he may not be meaning anarchy as the political movement from the late 19th, early 20th century, but I do think that at the time, and I think he's come out in interviews and said, uh, they're just lyrics, fuck off. But I think exactly. at the time, yeah. <laughs> but I think at the time, he probably really did mean it in a way that 30 years later, when he's got a lot of money in the bank from all the residuals from this, that he didn't anymore. Definitely. I, I, I definitely feel like, especially with that song specifically, I was going to try to hold off on talking about it because I feel like out of all the songs on here, that's the one that gets overplayed way too much. Um, but it does kind of strike me as I feel like he probably meant it when he said it, yeah. but at the same time, you know, we, you know, look at us. We're too, I mean, for God's sake, I wanted to call this podcast geriatric threat because we're getting older. <laughs> right. No, totally. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. But I, I feel like as you get older and you look back, you, you kind of have this dear God, what was I thinking when I wrote that? No, no, that's horrible. Why would I say that? Um, not necessarily that he's saying that, but you kind of get that vibe of yeah. what the hell was I thinking? Um, while at the same time, I think it's more of just, I'm angry, I'm pissed off. What is the worst thing I could sell to someone that's complete opposite of what I think, just to piss them off? Because here's the middle finger. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like I feel like that. That's pretty much what the song is about. More than any, more than taking any position, it's just like, I'm mad. I don't like you. Right now, everything's super conservative, so I'm gonna go the complete opposite. Here's the middle finger. This is how I feel. Right. Well, I mean, to me, the the key line in the song, if there is such a thing, is I want to destroy possibly. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I want to do something and breaking stuff might be the answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's and, the only answer I know. Don't judge me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I mean, as, as a, a, a young kid who uh, broke shit, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's an outlet. It's not really a creative outlet. It doesn't really solve anything. But God damn, does it make you feel good at, in in the moment? Exactly. And I, I, I did mention uh, last podcast that to me, punk was one of the closest things to absolute chaos you can be, but still kind of in a, a, a safe environment. If you've ever been to a mosh pit, whether it's metal, punk, hardcore, whatever, people tend to be really cool about picking you up if you fall down, but they're OK with like just knocking the shit out of you, not necessarily punching you, but you're going to get knocked around. You're, you might get a bloody nose or two. And that that line, glad you glad you mentioned that line, because when he says. I want to destroy possibly. It makes me think this is a mosh pit. This yeah. is exactly what happens in a mosh pit. Like I want to hurt you, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I've been put on my ass and put people on their ass in mosh pits, and like, you know don't... everybody stops usually and helps people up. Now there are, are some times when things get out of hand and people get stomped and shit like that, but you know, right, right. But generally, think... people are very conscientious in that way. Yeah, and it's one of those like, I'm not sorry I hit you, but I'm sorry I hurt you. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Okay. No, I agree with that. And um, Anarchy in the UK was probably the first punk song, at least it's the first punk song that I remember hearing, although it probably wasn't the Sex Pistols. So it was one of the billions of people who've done covers of it. Yeah, yeah, that song has been over. That's why I mentioned it's been overplayed, because it, it really is an OK song, but then it gets popular and more people just fuck it up. The more it goes on, then you just start going, man, I'm, I'm just tired of hearing it. Yeah, um, this would have been the first punk album that I bought with my own money. This is the second punk album I bought with my own money because my first, well, it's not really an album, but I bought a, uh, I bought a Misfits EP. Okay. I was, yeah. I was really into the Misfits at the time, which we're going to get to later. Um, totally. but that, 
this was the second one because I was like, huh, I wonder what non horror punk is like. And by the <laughs> this is what everyone's talking about. Um, you know, and most people will probably only know this from God Save the Queen and um, Anarchy in the UK, but there are actually a lot of other pretty fucking good songs on this this right. album. So my two favorite on here, just to kind of get us off here, is the first one that comes on the UK version, uh, Holidays in the Sun. It yeah. might come on the US one too. And Bodies. Because to me, Bodies is like the most, like, well, well, we'll get into this later, but it's the, to me, it's the most real description of what real life is like at this time period when this album was released. Everything else is still kind of clean cut, and this is what the song is talking about. Is like, here's what happens. Here's yeah. what you deal with. Have fun. I mean, yeah, that's that's why it always kind of spoke to me when I was younger because I was like, holy shit, this is <laughs> they're they're not true coding this at all. Okay. Yeah. Um. Probably. And I have to give God Save the Queen and Anarchy in the UK a lot of credit, if for no other reason than they are classics for a reason. Although I will agree with you that Anarchy in the UK is often overplayed. But EMI, just the the way that they go after a fucking record label. (laughs) Love that. You know, this whole, this is our thing and you are fucking it up, big corporate. You know, Mm -hmm. love it. Definitely, definitely. And then there's a few other ones on here. Um uh, song 17, while it's not very, um, it's not very memorable. There's a lot going on that that kind of encapsulates the spirit of this genre. Um, I, I actually really like um, No Feelings a lot because it's talking about just being so self-absorbed, and mm-hmm. I can't help but think, like, goddamn, this is talking about so. It, even even now, like, you can point to any any mainstream anything and go yeah you're so fucking self-absorbed this is songs about you yeah yeah well liar liar's really good liars like that too yeah yeah but that's that's why i kind of like this album a lot because even though it is i feel a little bit on the overplayed side even though it is a little bit more um mainstream nowadays it the, the lyrics don't haven't lost their meaning they haven't lost their meaning through time it's you can take it now and just apply it to just about anything nowadays I mean, truly. Yeah, it was. It's actually really impressive that this band, that even in the recording process, couldn't keep shit together, as you could see by the different people we had playing bass um, for various reasons, and went through, fuck, I don't even know how many record labels before they even released this damn thing. In some ways, I think the Sex Pistols left a legacy of being more flash than substance. And it's hard to really argue that since they only released the one album and the first thing we opened it up was talking about image and everything like that. But this is actually a pretty good album when you go back to it and really dig into it. Exactly. And and one of the things I do with any genre of music, it doesn't matter what it is, um, just because I myself might feel that it's overplayed or maybe um, – man, I'm just tired of hearing it because people, that's all they know, this one song. That doesn't mean that that one song or this album or this band doesn't isn't important, I guess is a good right. way to put that. Yeah, and, and let me put it into another context. I don't care if I never hear the song Enter Sandman again in my life, but it's hard to deny that at one time that wasn't a banger of a fucking song. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. The black album is still fucking fire, and it <laughs> might, you know what, they might be sellouts, but I still like that album. 
<laughs> no, I still like the album, but I, I don't care if I ever hear Inner Sandman again. I, I get you, yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, this is, you know, um, I, I tend to associate, despite the fact that, you know, we started off this podcast talking about the Ramones and um, Iggy Pop and the Stooges and the MC5 or these other things that proto-punk and punk that are American, but I... And it's due to this album and this band more than any other, except for maybe the clash. I associate punk with United Kingdom. And I think a lot of people do too. So one yeah. of the things you may, you might have dealt with this and uh, you're a little older than I am, but when I was going through my middle school years, my high school years, whenever people called, called it punk rock and I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. I don't care. Cause they sound like fucking tools. And they said it, they always said, Punk rock. Like, dude, really? What the fuck, man? You sound like a goddamn. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck you sound like. You sound like a poser, and that's the easiest way to put it. But yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, fuck. And if I if I ever find it, I'll send it to you. But uh, we actually were recording one of our jam sessions, and we did a song called British Punk, where I sang like that, just kind of making fun of that whole thing. But yeah. But I think we're, you're right. When people think punk, they typically associate it with primarily uh, British bands, and it, yeah. I think it's. Be- specifically because of the Sex Pistols and the Clash, which I always found amusing because most of the bands I listen to are tend to be American with punk, but that's neither here nor there at the point. But I, I really do feel like on the whole, you think you think punk and it, along with the image thing, you either have like yeah. this image of Sid Vicious or this dude with you know, Liberty Spikes, and there's almost always an image of somebody with a Union Jack just because yeah, of... Yeah. Um, so. Well, and I think a lot of it, Two is that a lot of the stuff that the media was grabbing onto with the violence at the shows or the the unrest in the streets that was tied to the movement came out of the UK because of those uh, early minor strikes and just how fucking wrecked the UK economy was at the right. time that that punk music really kind of caught the mainstream attention. Right. <clears throat> and another event that was going on uh, around the time this happened, um, I know it was a little bit early, but um, you being a history major, uh, the troubles in Ireland. Um, they kind of came out and were very, them and the Clash both were very adamant about their support for certain three-letter organizations. <laughs> and I won't go any more into that, but... Um, it doesn't surprise me the Clash, Clash I, I don't think that I knew that the Sex Pistols came out. They weren't, uh, I, I, it was like one of those little clips. It wasn't a, oh, full support. It's like, yeah, what, the, what sure. they're doing is fucked up. But they were... They had mentioned it, and most of, at this time, this is not something you come out and go against your government for, you know. And I, th- I think that's kind of where I'm getting at with that. That's fair, and also the fact that they were, you know, had such a, for lack of a better term, punk attitude to the Bullocks, you know, to put that on their album cover. And I know that that's faced a lot of censorship. Oh my God, I think the American version didn't even say Bullocks. I think it was just Nevermind. Here's the Sex Pistols. I, I might be wrong on that. Um, I know that there were some versions, whether they were U.S. or British, or probably both, considering how um, censorship happy our own country can be at times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, uh, this is much like the Ramones, though in a different way. As you can tell by the way we're talking about it, I enjoy this album a lot more than I do the Ramones, too, because this is closer to what how I conceptualize punk. I would agree. Uh, this is um, if if someone asked me right now, if some alien come down from the stars and has 
wants to know what punk is like, I, I'm going to give them a Ramones album and a sex and the Sex Pistols and this Sex Pistols album, and I'm going to tell them, look, these are both good. Listen to Sex Pistols first if you only listen to one. Mm. You're going to get a good idea of kind of what this genre is like. Yeah, that's that's probably not the album that I would give them either one of those. Um, I understand why you would do that, but I would probably go with my, one of my favorite punk albums, which we will eventually get to, and I don't want to spoil it. Right, right. I think I know what you're talking about because that's I think it's one of mine too. But we'll we'll, we'll discuss yeah. that later. Yeah, we'll find out when we get there. <laughs> um, so, any other thoughts on the Sex Pistols before we go, or this album? Oh God, um, man, I could talk for hours on this thing probably but i just it, it's it's iconic i mean i hate, i hate to keep using that word yeah. over and over but that's really at the end of the day this is a a iconic band i mean this is an iconic album because of that reason partly yeah. because the songs have i mean well i think they're kind of catchy too i mean um you know the, the when, when when the first song starts off you have footsteps in the background and I thought, okay, this is going to be an anti-war song. They get into it. I'm like, oh, we're talking about the Berlin Wall. Okay, I can dig this. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, well the song just kind of changed tone to me. Of course, you know, 14-year-old Buzz is like, wow, okay. Right. Never heard something like this before. Um, <clears throat> but the, the entire album is just, you know, like what you would not what you would not expect if you had never heard this kind of music before, like in, in some ways it, sh- it might shock some people. Of course, nowadays it probably wouldn't, but I mean, yeah. if you try to put yourself in the position of someone in 19, what was it? 77. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had never heard anything like this before. Um, you're either going to think this is, wow, this is kind of awesome. Or you're going to be like such, so horrified. You're not even going to pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah, that's that's true. And if you did hear the lyrics, you still might be horrified. It's <laughs> it's a very different world that we live in in 2019 than it was in 1977, um, especially with what our media and and I don't mean by like news media by that. I just mean media as in TV shows, movies, and music. You know, I think if somebody dropped an well, they couldn't drop an equivalent song of Anarchy in the UK because how would you do something as shocking? Um, I'm, and I'm sure that somebody can. I just can't conceptualize it. Just like I cannot truly imagine what it would have been like to have heard this for the first time in 77. Right, right. Um, and I, I, it's with everything, any kind of art uh, is the same way. Um, and yeah. You talk about this with film, too. I mean, if you talk about silent, silent horror movies of the 20s, you know, we look at them today and, okay, it's kind of cheesy. But you think back then, this is the first time someone saw this. They're probably going to be like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, right. Same with this. What what am I listening to? What is this? Once the shock factor wears off, um, I honestly wonder if this was 1977 and we were sitting in a room listening to this and we got over the initial shock of what they're talking about, would it still hold up? And... I, I think about half the songs would, and the other half probably would not, and that's only because times change. Right. Well, isn't that like the big thing in the the movie SLC Punk, which um, really sticks out to me, is that they go there's a flashback, and in the flashback, you know, the kid's sitting in his room listening to Rush and talking about the D and D game, and like the guy comes in and goes, Nah, man, I'm I'm over that, and he like I think it's this album that he holds up. It's like, I've heard this and it, it, it completely changed the trajectory 
right. and fandom of these kids. And I think that that is a very fucking real thing. Um, so, so I just want to go in and, and interject on that. Um, I'm actually glad you brought that movie up. So at the very end, yeah, when they're doing that. Um, so I was that kid playing D and D and listening to things like rush and, and other like quote unquote classic rock songs. And then one of my friends brought over, um, part of her misfits, uh, EP and let me listen to it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I like horror and I like this. And the only difference between me and those kids in that movie is I still play D and D. And yeah, totally. Fuck, I do and, too. And fuck you people. If you have a problem with it, <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, you know, <laughs> some people probably do, but again, fuck them. I... Exactly. So yeah, I guess let's just uh, give this thing a grade and I'll let you go first this time. Oh, okay. So like last time I'm going to have to give it two different ones, man. Sure. Okay. So first, just from a musical perspective, from someone that does play instruments, perhaps not very well, but I can at least play them. I know chord progression, et cetera. I am going to give this, just from a musical perspective, a C minus because wow. I don't think they're very good musicians. I really don't. No, however, however, from a perspective of punk, what this means, what it meant for as far as what we're going to talk about, and even though while I kind of crap on them, Musically wise, lyrically wise, I'm going to give this a solid B plus. So again, I agree with the the points you're making, and uh, lyrically, this uh, I vibe with this more than I did most of what the Ramones did. Not that I want to keep going back to the album we just did as we go forward, but I think it's important for establishing criteria in these early episodes. And I and I said it at the beginning of this episode. I think the Ramones are much better musicians than these Sex Pistols dudes are. However, I'm going to give it the same grade for pretty much the same reasons. I'm going to give it an A, not an A plus, even though I think it's a better album than the, that first Ramones album, but uh, an A because it's just as influential, and you could argue that it's more influential than the Ramones album, at least to me. Um, a much more biting lyrically, uh, much more in the vibe of what I think of in, in punk. So just because of how influential and um, seismic, you know, the seismic change that these two albums together had on the music industry and on culture, uh, they both deserve A, so that's what I'm going to give it. Definitely. I can respect that. And I do want to say, too, for, again, everyone listening, um, the reason we started with these two is because, I, for me, I felt like, and I'm, I'm sure, Ben, you would agree with me, this is kind of where you need to start. Yeah. If, before we st- delve off into everything else, like, let's just talk about the two biggest, most influential bands for whatever reason. Even if they're not your favorite, this is why they're popular. If you know nothing else, this is kind of what kicked off what we're going to talk about throughout this podcast. Right. And, and, you know, with these two, we kind of decided to, to go chronologically because, you know, we can get into the proto-punk, and I'm sure we will do some proto-punk right. on the podcast. But for, for what we were doing, we felt that it was important to get these out of the way and set the foundations because they are so foundational. From then, I make no promises of going in any kind of chronological order because that is um, – as a historian, I have to do that in my day job, you know, and I don't really want to do it here. I agree, and I feel it in the true, true spirit of punk rock. At this point, it should be utter chaos, so whatever happens, happens. 
Yeah. So there we go. Select uh, an album. We haven't talked about this. Uh, again, letting you in in the true punk style. Call it on the fly, man. What are we going to do next? Oh, man. Uh, don't put me on the spot like this. Um, <laughs> um, do you want to do Bad Brains next? I kinda, I kinda, I've always kind of liked Bad Brains. I had like a special soft place in my heart for that. Sure. Which one? Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to have to come back to you on that, man. I okay. Think, well, I think we should cover them next. All right. So the next band we'll talk about is Bad Brains. Tune in next week to hear what album. Whatever album we talk about. The, the one that we choose. <laughs> the one that we choose. Because you won't know until you listen. There That's you go. Right. Don't know what it is, guys. Got to tune in. <laughs> we call that a tease, ladies and gentlemen. All right, man. It's been fun. Fucking A. Hell yeah, man. Um, good night, wherever you may be from planet Earth. Peace yeah. out. Or if you're listening to this in the space station, or if you uh, get this on some strange frequency out in the stars, rock on. Good night,